liberality, much appreciated uh, tonight. If you've got your Bible, Psalms 133, Psalms 133. Amen. If everybody's awake, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Psalms 133. You know, the Civil War taught us as Americans that we are a lot stronger, much more productive when we are united. Now, united doesn't mean that we all think the same on everything. United States of America is 50 states, that's 50 governors, 100 senators. Uh, we have Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. We have conservative liberals and everything in between. So we're not all going to think the same all the time. Come on, somebody. Our government's three branches, legislative, uh, executive, and judicial. Uh, amen. In the United States, we have brown, black, and white with different cultures and backgrounds. With all these differences, we stand united under one flag. So I want to preach on unity tonight. In our text, God speaks from heaven about the blessing of unity in the house of God. Again, unity doesn't mean that we all have to agree on everything. Uh, unity means in spite of all of our differences, we stand together. Unity means that we're bigger than ourselves. You know, in our government, the Democrats won the, the presidency last election. Now, we Republicans didn't like it, uh, but we don't pick up arms and say we're going to cause a civil war. Uh, we're hoping next election, amen, we can get it back because we're united as a nation, uh, amen. So with that in mind, I want to preach to what I've titled tonight, Together We Stand, out of Psalms 133. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant is it when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. Uh, it is like the dew of Hermon, uh, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you tonight. God, your wisdom, God, we need wisdom tonight, God. I pray, help us to be in unity, God, one with another, God. I pray, God, would be unified under your word, your blood. God, your name be glorified, and God's people say, amen. Let's look at the blessing of unity tonight first. Our text says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robe. So the oil that would have been poured out on the head of Aaron is anointing oil here. Now, poured out upon the heads is symbolic of God's protection. In the Old Testament especially, when it was poured out on the head, it symbolized God's protection. Uh, Samuel poured oil on over Saul and David's head to be king of Israel, to lead God's people into battle uh, and into victory. That was the purpose of kings at that, in those days, uh, to lead God's people into battle so there can be victories. 1 Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of God rushed upon David from that day forward. So once the anointing was poured on his head, the Spirit of God came upon uh, the very next chapter, David faces off with Goliath, the Philistine champion. I want to read you a few verses, verse uh, 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, 
But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and take off your head, and I will give uh, the head, uh, I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now David's a little guy, and he's speaking this to a guy that's uh, probably nine feet tall, 420 pounds. Uh, but remember, David has an anointing. Uh, he's anointed by God for battle. Uh, amen. And the Spirit of God has rushed up on him. So listen, uh, that's going to make all the difference. Verse 47, uh, it says, And that all this simply will know that the Lord saves not by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it to our, uh, into our hands. And the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David. David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. And the stone sunk into the forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine. So here David is anointed in chapter 16 a very... Uh, just a few verses later, uh, it's seen in battle. Uh, David has been anointed to bring God's protection. And here we see it. And, and all Israel would have been convinced at this moment. Here's little David again uh, against this uh, Philistine champion that they've all feared. Uh, for at least 40 days, the Bible said that these uh, men of Israel, soldiers trained for battle, are hiding and running every time this a giant speaks, but here's David now defeats him. Uh, so everybody knows for sure now, listen, uh, David has an anointing on his life. Anointing speaks of consecration for service. Exodus 30, 30, you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them, and they shall serve uh, me as priests. Uh, oil running down Aaron's beard speaks of masculinity in the house of God. Men in place, men leading uh, Amen. Anointing oil speaks of joy. Psalms 45, 7. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, hath anointed you with the joy of gladness. So, anointing oil running down on the collar of his robes, the Bible says. Uh, now, Aaron's robes symbolized the Father's love and favor. On Aaron's robe was the breastplate that had the 12 names of the children of Israel in it. Uh, on his robe was the ephod. The ephod was used uh, to get special direction from God. So we're seeing all this come with the anointing oil as it's uh, uh, poured out upon these people. See, when there is unity, one, there's God's protection. Two, there's a consecration for service. Three, there's masculinity, men uh, in the church willing to lead in place leading uh, in the house of God, there's joy and favor. Then lastly, there's a God's answer, there's God answering prayer. So, uh, amen. So this is very needed. Can you say amen? Acts chapter 2 shows us that where there is unity, there's revival. Verse 1 through 4 says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. They're in unity. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the entire house where they were setting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rests on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, amen. Where, where there is unity, 
There's also a devotion to God, a love for people, signs, wonders, and miracles, uh, and church growth. We go to the next chapter of Acts 2, verse 42. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. And all came upon every soul. Many wonders, signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were uh, selling their possessions and belongings and distributing uh, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day attending the temple uh, together and breaking bread in their homes, they, uh, they received their food with glad and gracious hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily uh, such as should be saved. So uh, here we see a powerful work in unity. When people are, are unified in the house of God, when people are in unity uh, uh, under the things of God, there's an anointing that carries much weight. There's anointing that, that, that stretches far and wide, uh, and unity brings this anointing in the house of God. This word unity means the quality or, the quality or state of being one, unbroken completeness and wholeness, continuing uh, without uh, deviation. You know, another good picture of unity is your body. You know, your body has 78 main organs uh, with a particular function. Your body has 37.2 trillion cells uh, with their own job, yet all the organ and cells work in unity to serve the body. Amen. Every one of us are different here. Amen. We're, well, we look different. Uh, amen. We act different. We have different backgrounds, cultures, colors. Uh, we're all different. Uh, but when we come under the, in the house of God, there's a unity uh, that brings us together. And through that unity, there's the anointing of God uh, that begins to work and, and begins to manifest itself out in the house of God. You know, Jesus' disciples were all very different. I'll mark down a few here. Peter was very, a man of action, outspoken and impulsive. John was quiet and loving. Matthew was a tax collector. Simon the Zealot was uh, rebellious towards Rome. Uh, Thomas was skeptical. Judas Iscariot was from Judah. He was a cultured one. Philip was slow to believe. And we can go on and on, but I think you get my point tonight. Uh, these disciples were different in every way. They were different in many ways, yet they were united uh, in following Jesus. They were united in obeying the word of God. Uh, and through that, they had an anointing. Remember in Luke 9, where Jesus gathered them together, sent them out two by two. They're preaching. They're getting miracles. God's moving. The anointing of God is flowing uh, because a unity is there among them. You know, America's a miracle. You know, America is really a melting pot of immigrants from around the world, but united under one flag. I love to talk to immigrants. I was talking to a, an Iranian immigrant a few months ago. They've lived here many, many years. Uh, uh, and this man was telling me the love he has for our country. His sons are serving in uh, the military. And, and he's just telling me, you know, a little bit about his country and how grateful he is uh, that he can come to a nation that will accept him uh, and in unity. I mean, he, get, he has the same rights as anyone else has. Go to the store. He can buy whatever he wants. Uh, there's a unity on America that, and we, and that, that blesses this nation. 
So we see the value of unity. Let's look secondly at the demonic assault against unity. You know, Saul and David served well, uh, or served well together at one time. I know we hear the preaching that that seemed like they never, ever liked each other. They were always against each other. That's not true. At one time, uh, King Saul and David uh, served very well together. Saul was kind of the pastor. David, we can say, was the faithful disciple. They battled their enemies together. They fought and won victories together for Israel. We see, uh, we see through David and or Saul and David that Satan will do whatever he can to break unity, though. Satan uses our own surrendered flesh. Listen very carefully to me. Satan uses our unsurrendered flesh to divide us, to break unity, and to cause problems among us. Uh, Satan searches for that place of unsurrendered flesh. Uh, and when he finds it, listen, he will expose it here. He uh, inflame it, and he will use it to divide and cause uh, a breaking in unity. First Samuel eighteen six, as they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistines, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs uh, with songs of joy, and with musical instruments. The women sung to one another. As they celebrate, Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands, and Saul was very angry, uh, for this saying displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands, and what more can happen but, uh, but can be but the kingdom. Verse 9, and Saul eyed David from that day on. Saul had some pride here. And the devil saw that, uh, and now he's going to use that to bring division. Uh, so when he heard, he said, the ladies singing and give David more praise uh, than they gave him. Listen, all the laboring together, friendship, fighting on the battlefield relationship, none of that matters anymore. Amen. None of that matters because now Saul, uh, in his pride, uh, hey, they're ascribing more to David than me. There's that unsurrendered flesh and the devil finds it. Now he's going to Pit, uh, pit Saul against him. He's going to build a case uh, uh, and to divide or to, to break unity, to divide, divide them. Uh, and remember, remember when they were in unity, there's an anointing. Uh, they won battles. They labored together. They, they won for Israel. But now, because of unsurrendered flesh, the devil is going to expose that and break some unity. Paul and Barnabas. Bible said co-laborers, friends, but Barnabas thought he knew as much as his pastor knew, and he wouldn't listen, and they had a disagreement, the Bible said, and Barnabas separated himself from Paul, Acts 15, 39, and they arose, and there arose a sharp disagreement, uh, so uh, that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him, and they sailed away to Cyprus. Here's Barnabas, good man, uh, but he's got too big for his britches, we can say. I know as much as my pastor, uh, God speaks to me as well. I don't have to listen to him anymore. And that brought a division, that brought a disagreement to the extent uh, where unity was broken. Uh, and Paul and Barnabas really never get back together again. You read before, I mean, there was a powerful relationship. They're ministering. Remember, Barnabas went and got Paul, uh, and they're ministering in. But now, 
because it's some unsurrendered flesh, the devil finds it, exposes it, breaks immunity here. You know, this is not just a man problem. Uh, amen. Uh, Luke 10, verse 38 and through 42, the devil tries to divide sisters as well. It said, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered the village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, was serving, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell me, uh, or tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Martha has chosen that good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now, we know that sounds good. Jesus kind of put some icing on the cake there. I uh, uh, made it sound good. But I guarantee you, this caused problems between the sisters. Amen. Here's a, uh, a, some unsurrendered flesh. Uh, let me pick on Mary a little bit. We usually uh, build Mary up here. Uh, uh, listen, uh, when there's things to be done at church, uh, listen, Mary, you need to be helping. You know, uh, whenever, when there's other sisters... Uh, you know, uh, doing all the work, and you're sitting there at the altar praying, uh, there's going to be some issues. I mean, we want you ladies praying, believing God, getting before God, but listen, uh, Mary, I believe, uh, has a little bit of right to complain here. Maybe not as much as she did, uh, but I'm just saying the devil finds something here, and I guarantee there's some unity broken right there, at least for a minute. You know, Galatians 5, Satan's... Uh, uh, trying to break unity in the whole church, verse 15. <clears throat> but if you bite and devour one another, think about that. I mean, that's, that's like animal kingdom. I mean, they're biting and devouring. This is a lion chasing down a giraffe or, or a zebra I mean, <clears throat> and ripping some flesh off. Not only ripping flesh off, but, but to the point where they're devouring, they're dying. <laughs> I mean, nothing's left. That's the word picture Paul's given us here. But if you bite and devour one another, this is some serious uh, fighting going on in the church. This is not just some argument. This is not some just disagreement. But, I mean, biting and devouring. That's a word picture that Paul's trying to drive home here uh, because that's what's being done. Uh, uh, amen. Maybe through gossip. Maybe through uh, just physical confrontation. I'm not sure. But biting and devouring in the house of God, how can that be? He said, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out lest you uh, uh, be consumed by one another. In other words, he's talking about a breaking in unity. Once that started, uh, it's a very difficult thing to reverse. Uh, Paul's saying, listen, uh, uh, be wise here. If you start on this trail, uh, I've seen some people start, they don't finish until that person is devoured, at least spiritually anyway. You know, the devil would love to get the church bickering and blaming and pointing fingers at each other. And if he does, he wins. Let's look secondly here. Being smarter than the enemy. Being smarter than enemy one means we don't give Satan any tools to use against us. Or as the old saying is, we don't give him a club to beat us to death with. Colossians 3 verse 5. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, 
impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all the way. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, uh, obscene talk from your mouth or cussing. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Syrian, slaves, free, but Christ in all, in all. So one, now listen, we have to be smarter than the enemy. Uh, Paul's saying, don't give the devil room here. Don't give him tools. Uh, he's talking about unsurrendered flesh. He said, listen, uh, you're going to have to get this flesh in control. You're going to have to get this flesh under the blood. Uh, uh, amen. Let salvation go all the way through. I mean, think about this. He says, do not lie to one another. Put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. Uh, that should just be natural. <laughs> I mean, we should, once we get saved, uh, that should be a natural, hey, I want that out. I don't want that. I don't like that. I don't even want that close to me. But here's Paul having to tell these people, uh, listen, if you don't want Satan to have some tools and have a club to beat you with, uh, you need to get rid of these things. Because these things are giving other people every right, uh, amen, to, or giving the devil every right to beat you here. Two, we have to embrace the gospel, be converted, and obey the word of God. Verse 12, <clears throat> put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Come on. Amen. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and one who has uh, complained against another, forgive each other. Well, that's a good one. Somebody makes you mad, just forgive them. Boy, that would, that would solve a lot of problems right there, wouldn't it? They're mad at me. Well, just forgive them. Let it go. Uh, turn the other cheek. Paul's saying, listen, don't give the devil tools. But now he's saying, now you need to put on Christianity here. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. And you must forgive as well. Verse 14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart in which indeed you were called in one body or unity. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing hymns and uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So Paul said, listen, if you actually be a Christian, <clears throat> put on Christ, uh, listen, uh, uh, you're going to strip the devil of all his tools here. Amen. He's not going to be able to break unity. He's not going to be able to cause trouble uh, and separate you from your brother and your sister uh, if you simply just really be a Christian. <clears throat> you know, Satan always tries to break unity, divide the church. So we're always going to have to be Christians. He said, forgive, be compassionate, use kindness, uh, use forgiveness, uh, uh, and have a heart of thankfulness. Just saying, them are simple things. Them are simple things if we're really Christians. 
you know, we're stronger, more powerful than any demonic assault when we keep ourselves in Christ. How many believes that? When we keep ourselves in Christ, Revelation 12, 11, and overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even to death. You want to say it wasn't all about them. When it's not all about you, it's a lot easier being a Christian. When it's not all about your feelings uh, and what you want, uh, it's so much easier living for God, being in unity in the body. Said they overcame him, talking about the devil, uh, by the blood of the Lamb. We thank God for the blood, uh, but by the word of their testimony. They did not love what that's talking about in church, living for God. Uh, they're all about Christ, all about each other. The, uh, the kingdom of God is not all about them. Listen, when we make life about us, man, it can get ugly, right? You know, we're wonderful Christians when it's not all about us. But when we make it about us, we can get ugly, can't we? Said, for they love their lives not even to death. Philippians 2, verse 3. Said, do nothing from selfish ambitions or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Wow, that's a big one. You know, they're more important than me. I'm just going to back down. <laughs> Come on. They're better than me. I'm just going to back off here a little bit. They deserve more than I deserve, so I'm just going to let them have it. That helps in unity, wouldn't it? Verse 4, let each one of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interest in others. How's this going to affect them? If it's going to affect them wrong, I'm not going to say it. If it's going to be a bad thing, I'm not even going to be around it. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Look, lastly, God's commanded blessing here. Our text says, Unity is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountain of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. You know, Mount Hermon and Mount Sinai are the same place. Uh, it's a pl but there, it means a place of divine revelation. Now, Mount Sinai, this is where God consumed the mountain. If you read Deuteronomy, Numbers, uh, uh, God consumed the mountain and, and through fire God began to speak to them with the man's voice and I mean giving them divine revelation and that's when they said we can't hear the voice of God no more we're going to die so Moses begins to go up and down the mountain get hear from God uh, uh, but we're talking about divine revelations a place where God wants to meet with us where God wants to speak and wants, God wants to show us his glory this is where Moses went up and got the Ten Commandments. And, but God was all over this mountain. But what it says, unity brings uh, a divine presence of God, a divine revelation of God. That's what unity does. Like to Mount Hermon, uh, amen. I like to do a Mount Hermon. Unity uh, brings just the divine grace of God into a church. It brings uh, just a presence of God that, that we would never have any other when we're simply united. You know, doing the Bible was a sign of God's favor and blessing upon the children of Israel. In unity, they will receive divine revelation. In unity, uh, they will receive favor and blessing from God. You know, the truth is, 
if we want God's blessing upon our life, listen, we have to keep unity within ourselves and within our brethren. Unity must be a, a principal thing, a priority thing in our life. Uh, whenever we do business, traffic among each other, whatever, uh, this thing, unity, must be a, a high esteem. It must be something we treasure tonight, something that, that we keep, amen, and highly regard and protect it because without it, listen, we're wide open. What this means when bitterness, anger, how many, no, we're human tonight. So when bitterness, malice, hatred, unforgiveness, bad words rise up in us, then we've got to remember the value of unity. And listen, we're all flesh tonight. Uh, things can uh, happen where, man, you know that feeling, uh, uh, man, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to let them have it. I'm going to say something. Uh, they're going to get a piece of my mind. Uh, no, unity is more important than that. Go pray about it. If you're going to go holler, holler in the prayer room. Ask God to, to help your flesh here. <laughs> it says here, God commands his blessing. This word command means a direct, authoritative uh, 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 word from heaven. It's like God's saying from heaven, it's, I mean, it's like a lightning bolt. Uh, it's not going to be stopped, not going to be... Uh, uh, diverted uh, is going to get to its place to where God commanded his blessing uh, in unity. Unity draws a, a blessing from heaven like nothing else. Uh, it draws that commanded blessing of God. Uh, unity draws that, pulls it towards us, uh, and saturates the whole church with it. Deuteronomy 9, verse 1. See, hero Israel. You are to cross over the Jordan today to go and dispose nations greater and mightier than you, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of Amalek, uh, or uh, uh, Nehemiah, uh, whom are there. Uh, you have heard who can stand before these giants. Know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you, so you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly, as the Lord has promised you. This is you and I. Yes, we need to be in battle, but uh, it is God winning the battle for us. It says, He will go over before you as consuming fire, uh, uh, as, as a consuming fire in the Lord your God. In other words, yes, they're going to go uh, and they're going to cross and they're going to have to battle uh, but the bible said because of unity i mean god is a consumer fire going to go over before them uh, and all them giants that they were afraid of all these nations that they were terrified of god's going to go before them and just kind of uh, now kind of make them like little kitty cats now instead of these big ferocious lions uh, uh that can rip their uh, rip them apart i mean they're gonna be like little kitty cats uh they're going to go in there and win the battles. The Bible said every nation you're disposed of, every, I mean, every city, I mean, they're going to have victory after victory after victory simply because of unity. So think how powerful unity is tonight. And this has to be every one of us, uh, our jobs tonight to keep unity. If a brother comes, uh, starts to say something about another brother, sister wants to gossip, uh, 
about another sister and say, no, we can't do that here. Uh, I'm holding my brother in high esteem. Uh, yes, there's a way to address each other, but you know what I'm talking about tonight? Uh, uh, we address in righteousness, the Bible said in kindness and in love. Uh, that's how we address things. Because once unity's broke, it's an ugly thing. So unity is a powerful thing to God. Think about all the traffic's through it tonight. That I mentioned at first, God's protection. Amen. Just uh, uh, consecrated for service. All these other things, the joy, the gladness, uh, having masculinity men uh, in the church that will rise up and want to do something for God, uh, not just the women leading everything, but actually have some men uh, wanting to do something for God, uh, uh, standing in position, God use me, uh, that's from anoint, or that's from unity. There's so much involved in unity tonight, uh, and unity to God's a powerful thing, but it's up to you and I to keep it. That's why Paul says, listen, uh, don't bite and devour, but love and forgive, use kindness, use compassion, uh, don't let any bad words or wrong talk come out of your mouth, because unity is important to God. As we treasure unity, as we embrace unity, fight off every demonic assault against unity, uh, God goes before us as a consuming fire. I believe God gives us victory sometimes just because of the unity. Not because we deserve it, not because, uh, uh, you know, uh, anything else, just because there's a unity. And God said, I can flow through that, I can bless it, I can move. Uh, and through unity, God will bless tonight. But listen, always be aware the devil's goal tonight is to break that unity. Let me close tonight. Again, unity doesn't mean that we're all the same on everything. Uh, every idea is the same. That'd be weird. Uh, you know, we dress the same. That's weird. These couples and families always dress in the same. I, you know, that's just weird to me, you know. <clears throat> so you, if you're dressed, I, I'm sorry, but... Uh, so I'm supposed to keep unity, right? <laughs> so anyway, that wouldn't, that wouldn't mean. Let me go on here. So it doesn't mean we're the same on everything. It doesn't mean we have to do everything the same. We have to always be here the same. Uh, that's not what unity is. Like the body, again, the body's uh, 78 major organs, 37 trillion cells. Uh, they're all doing different things. They all look different, act different, uh, serve different uh, but they're united to, to serve a body. And that's kind of what the church is. And I, Paul says the, the church is a body, amen. Uh, all different pieces and parts, uh, but every one of them are serving the body. Again, Satan uses unsurrendered flesh to break unity. Pride, selfishness, personal issues uh, that would divide. Uh, listen, we've got to be smarter than the enemy. And again, that's to be Christ-like, be converted, and act like a Christian or be a Christian. Amen. If we don't want the devil interrupting or messing with our church, we just simply need to be Christians and be unified. Third, God's commanded blessing. All of that flows to unity. Think about how powerful unity is. God's commanded blessing, all that spoke, all goes to the channel of unity. So if, 
let me say this as nice as I can, but maybe you're not feeling that commanded blessing. You don't see it, that commanded blessing in your life. I want you to look at your life real quick. How are you talking about other people here? How are you viewing other people here? In your mind, in your life, is there a unity? Uh, are you caring more about your brethren than yourself? Because listen, I want God's commanded blessing. I have to, I repent a lot, trust me. I, my mind starts thinking, no, I repent, God, I'm sorry. I'm getting back on track here. I told you before, listen, uh, confession is a, is a gift to Christians. <laughs> God, I, I'm sorry I was thinking, like, I confess my stupidity. God, I'm sorry, right? And I know you prayed the same a few times a day, probably. But listen, we need God's commanded blessing that flows to unity tonight. Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed.